0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to Fast Charge for what's kind of our second episode this week, because if you weren't aware on Tuesday, we did our first live coverage of the Apple event uh, with Toya and I talking about iPhones for, I think, just about two straight hours.
1: Yeah, I had to look back after this. I was like, oh God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This will be a a little, little briefer than that, I hope. Uh, I'm Dom, in case you haven't watched the show or listened to the show before. Uh, I'm joined by Toddy, who I just mentioned. Hello. And Lewis and Hannah are also here.
2: Hello.
0: Cool. So uh, we are obviously going to keep talking Apple. Um, it's kind of hard to ignore iPhones in iPhone week. So we're going to kick off with a roundup of the four iPhone models that Apple has launched, (laughs) which I guess is the most they've ever launched at once. Lewis will tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, We're then (laughs) going to go into the OnePlus 8T, which launched the day after iPhones. Uh, I've actually had the 8T for about a week and a half. I've got it right here. So I'm able to give you guys my final review of the 8T now. I've got a pretty good idea of what I think about it. And then we kind of realized that this week I've been reviewing the 8T. Toddy has reviewed the Pixel 5, and Lewis has reviewed the Galaxy S20 FE, all of which are kind of around the same price point. They're in that like cheap flagship kind of space. So we're going to run through how the three compare, set them head to head, see which one of those three we'd actually recommend most people buy. And uh, Hannah, as the disinterested party, uh, can maybe give us the final <laughs> verdict on which is the one. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, okay, so without any further ado, let's talk Apple. Uh, I'm going to hand off really quickly to Lewis because, yeah, I've spoken for two hours about iPhones this week, and I've yes. run out of things to say about iPhones. Uh, but Lewis, you were busy actually writing during during the conference, so I'm sure you've got loads of thoughts you want to share.
2: Yes. Uh, so let's just start off with the basics. We now have four new iPhones. So we've got the iPhone 12 mini, the iPhone 12, the iPhone 12 Pro, and the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Um, so the obvious new addition is the iPhone 12 Mini. Uh, this was kind of, you know, rumored for quite some time before launch. It's not really a surprise, but it's nice to see it's actually real because, as we know, with half of these Apple leaks, they're not actually, you know, they don't ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cool thing is, is it's got a 5.4 inch display, which doesn't sound that small, but because of the redesign, kind of the iPad Pro S kind of iPhone 5 um, look, it means you can. It's the same size as the 4.7 inch iPhone. I think it was the iPhone SE. Yeah, the,
0: the SE. One. Yeah, the yeah. funny thing is, it's actually slightly smaller than the SE overall. Ooh. Not by a lot, you know, it's like, you know, no, yeah. part of a millimeter kind of thing. But actually, if you compare the dimensions, the despite the bigger screen, it's because of the slimmer bezels and the redesign and everything, it is actually still the smallest iPhone because it just runs mm-hmm. that tiny bit smaller than the SE.
3: Is it as small as like the older models, like really old iPhones, or are we not quite there yet?
2: I mean, they were four inches. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's that small. Again, yeah. it's hard <laughs> to
0: compare because of the, the design so different now. Um, this is it, yeah. Yeah, because like, my,
3: my friend was saying, like, she was like, I want to get the new iPhone, but I'm sick of phones getting bigger all the time. I prefer like the small sizes. So obviously this will be the market for
0: yeah, sorts yeah. of people. This will this will be very successful, I'm sure. And and anyone who's uh, listened to or watched Fast Charge before couldn't probably guess that we're all mostly, I think, going to be fans of the mini. We complain <laughs> all the time that phones are too big, and no one makes enough small devices. So it'd be hypocritical not to celebrate this one. Um, this, for me at least, this is what I wanted the SE to be. Uh, I oh, wanted yeah, a small yeah. phone with the same design language as all the other iPhones, and this is what they've delivered. I actually would have been happy to sort of have this, but lower specs and 200 quid cheaper and i still hope that's coming next year or the year after or something
2: yeah. i mean but i've got the se plus i think it's rumored to be called yeah um which is supposed to kind of offer the middle ground so it will have the the kind of uh, iphone 10-esque you know full full display with the notch uh but it will be similar to the se range in pricing so that would be nice when that does eventually appear
0: yeah that would be a big appeal for me um so yeah i mean i guess we kind of alluded it to it it there but the thing with the mini is it is the exact same specs as the regular iphone 12 other than obviously the display is different and it's smaller but um it's the same chipset it's the same camera it's the same everything else you're really not losing anything by going for the smaller one um you're just saving 100 pounds or 100 dollars and getting a much smaller phone um
3: that's I crazy, guess idea for you ask me with 5G connectivity yeah. mm-hmm.
0: the pricing's very solid um, it's uh it's already gone out of my head <laughs> 699, <laughs> 699. 699. <laughs> yeah for the mini uh, <laughs> and 799 for the regular 12 um i mean good. so i guess the headline things about the 12 and the mini we'll get to the pros after but mm-hmm. oled on both yes. of them yep. 5G on both of them uh we've got the new design with slightly squared off edges a little bit boxier mm-hmm. MagSafe, safe some people seem excited by i don't understand <laughs> the appeal myself
2: i i think it's early days i think the i uh, the ideas that are coming from it will be quite good uh but right now they're kind of thinking really small like the wallet attachment i was kind of bit like why would you put so much focus on a wallet attachment that seems like the worst thing uh, well
0: the sorry Toddy, i, can I say was you. just
1: gonna say i know apple isn't isn't the only offender here but it just bugs me um that Obviously, the phones support wireless charging like they have previously, but that's seven point five watts. Unless you buy the MagSafe stuff, and then it's fifteen watts. Yeah, that bugs me
2: just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it. there's there's going to be some <laughs> kind of technical reason why the standard wireless <laughs> charging can't just can't handle fifteen watts. <laughs> it's just Apple's innovative new um, technologies. But I mean, I think part of it also is how much of these MagSafe accessories going to cost. Because it's all well and nice having, a, a, you know, a snap-on magnetic charger. But if I have to pay 60 quid for it, I'm not going to do it. And then it's just pointless. I think um, one of the handy ones that I, I'm not sure if they really covered during the event uh, is for car mounts, which I mm-hmm. think are really handy. Because they've been using magnetic strips already uh, for ease of use. But, you know, up until this point, you've had to just stick a magnet on your back of your iPhone. And that's just... Typically ugly. not a good idea no to put a magnet on that. a phone. No, exactly, yeah. But putting a magnet uh, in a phone? <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> a
1: game changer. <laughs> well, they were quick to say that that magnetic wallet is shielded. Like, like, yep. don't worry. It's going to wipe your cards and you stick it in the back of your iPhone.
0: But I think that is part of what I don't quite get with the appeal here, is that my reaction to this when, when MagSafe was unveiled on the night was just, well, this is just a first party version of what the third-party accessory companies have yeah. already been doing for years you know you can get magnet wallet cases you can get magnet phone mounts you can get a magnet car mounts all this stuff is out there obviously it's cleaner to have it incorporated into the phone itself it will make it a little less bulky but um it feels a bit odd to put so much emphasis on that which is just kind of yeah cool now we've got a new first-party accessory line essentially
2: i think it's, yeah. it's more future-proofing as well because obviously The rumours are that within the next few years, Apple want to produce a completely, you know, portless iPhone. So Mm. no lightning cable or anything like that at all. So I feel like in order to do that, they need to come up with a more reliable wireless charging system than, you know, than what we've got at the moment where you can put it down slightly in the wrong place on a charger and then it won't charge. At least if you've got something that will snap to the back, there's no drama there. You know it's going to be charging. I think that's Mm. the only thing that I can really think of right now. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I was just going to say in terms of like announcing... Stuff that's already been around for years, like this is something that's happened before with
2: Apple in general, like when we did like the iOS thing and things like that. Their favourite thing to do? (laughs) (laughs) Reinvent, reimagine. Well, if you've only ever had Apple, then you don't know, do you? (laughs) If you've
3: never had Android before and you're not and you're not you're not with clued up with phones and stuff like that, then it is new to you. But everyone else It's new new for an iPhone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: How do we feel about new colours? Sorry, Dom.
0: Yeah, no, colours, we can switch That's to colours. That's the colors. most
2: important thing in my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for a vibrant iPhone. I really like them. Well,
0: I am, but then I'm disappointed, actually, by this year's colours, because I think they are less vibrant than last year's. I yeah. I think the 11 colours are much mm. better than the 12 colours.
1: With the exception of the red, the product red, and then yeah. Dom and I, I think we both remarked during the stream on the mint or green finish. I love the we, green one. Are we both oh, like? No. You're not. That no, was, our, that was least favorite. No. I, I
2: love a mint
0: green, but that is a bad green. Yeah,
2: mm. I think one I, I just like a an green face green. <laughs> that's that's me.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, we're gonna get to it. I've got a nice kind of greeny bluey phone here. This is a lovely shade of green. The one Apple picked is rubbish. It's like I also I don't, don't like. That. We're gonna get to the Pixel too, but the the sort of sage does does nothing for me.
2: Oh, I it's know. A very bad green. Oh, oh, yes.
3: I oh, mean, I yes. wouldn't call that mint green. Looking at it now, it's more no. like a. I don't know. No, it's not. It's not mint. Though. It's
0: very pale. Yeah, very yeah. The, the iPhone 12 green, very, very pasty. I also think <laughs> um, about. I mean, I know we're going to go to
2: get to the 12, uh, the 12 Pro's in a bit, but the colors of the 12 Pro are a little bit disappointing. I think oh, interesting. in terms of the standard 12 line, because I, you know, I, I'm all here for a blue iPhone. I love blue. Blue is my one of my favorite colors. Blue T-shirt. Mm um but it's just it looks it looks similar to the green from the iPhone 11 Pro range
3: i i i prefer that steel blue i'm maybe i'm in the minority here i don't like that gold i think no, the gold no. is like oh, no. really garish it's it's like, in your like, face a proper 2000s bling like i just can't deal with <laughs> yeah. it it's
1: just <laughs> i mean there's a there's a like like market researchy things like i've spoken to various People at various companies, not just phone makers, but like uh people at like Canon back in the day. I was like, why are why is gold tech still a thing? And it's just a market thing. Like, you know, in the West, it's not particularly popular, but mm. gold tech sells super duper well, not just in like the UAE, but also Japan, funnily enough. Um right. so I think Apple just like they know they need to have a gold version, just that like they need to have a black version because some people just want the black version of the phone. Mm. Yeah. So, implies,
3: you implies like richness and implies well that too like, yeah, yeah i mean yeah. The, yeah. The, the edges yeah. it, yeah. I, can we talk
1: about
0: the pros yet can i jump under the pros are we still talking about the 12s i think i think we can do pros we've kind of covered the main bits yeah. of the regular 12 line
1: so yeah. with the reveal i noticed like they really highlighted how polished and shiny those stainless steel mm. frames are rather than aluminium mm-hmm. as on the 12 yeah, line and i think that is like unless you put a case on that thats that is that sheen is gone in seconds in real life it reminds use. me of the
2: piano finish they did with the iphone 10 yes, which was yes. also spectacular wasn't that when you had to like yes. fork out
1: for like extra storage to get it or something was that that one? was yeah it
2: was on the higher storage it was like
1: option. a matte black, but a yep. shiny piano back yeah and it was mm. like a different skew and of the even same in phone. case it. it's like within
2: within minutes of someone getting out of the box it was like hairline scratches yep. on the back and it's like yeah. oh yeah. Absolutely <laughs> all right. so i feel like we're going to get a bit of that again this year <laughs> Yeah, I,
0: I'm particularly worried about the gold one for that. But mm. I, I do like the blue. I like the navy blue. I think it's a nicer blue than the regular uh, Pacific blue. Pacific
1: blue, Dom, I Pacific think you'll blue. find. <laughs> <laughs> um, and look, they're still and better like color names, so. <laughs> <laughs> They like Huawei's colour
0: names. They went more restrained on the pro colours, but then they did that for the 11s as well. Yeah. I think there's already a perception of the people forking out that kind of money or the people interested in something with pro in the name are less likely to want one that's bright red or, or green or or whatever. I'm sure there's, you know, millions worth wrong, of market but... research that's gone into that decision. <laughs> <Yes>. Whoops. <laughs> and Lewis just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that bright red.
2: <laughs> Look at that, the red is building. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: uh, so what do you get in a pro iPhone 12 that you do not get in a normal iPhone 12?
2: Brace yourself. You get a telephoto lens. <gasps> wow. Gasp. Wow. Yeah, uh, wow. so on, in terms of camera, no, there are there are lots of differences for uh, <laughs> the pros. But that is the main one, right? In terms of physical, physical design, thing. yeah, it's got three yeah. lenses on the back instead of two. Um, and the additional one is a telephoto, uh, which is fine. Um, I think one of the more interesting things is that you're going to be able to record in Dolby Vision, hmm. which is going to be fun for the pros. So you can record and edit uh, directly, so uh, you'll be able to tweak... Um, kind of various settings and stuff like that via the photos app which is nice uh
0: and the the pro raw photo format that's this kind of weird hybrid between raw but still getting all the sort of ai driven Mm -hmm. machine learning photo enhancements baked into it too that's Um, not going to be there at
2: launch but that should hopefully be out by the end of the year yeah um so that's another nice little thing you've also got those are sorry i was gonna say you've also got improvements to the main camera um mm-hmm. th- but that's also specific to the 12 pro max which is something they didn't do last year whereas the uh, yeah, so the 11 pro and the 11 pro max were identical apart from screen size mm-hmm. there are differences between the 12 pro and the 12 pro max this time
0: yes
3: yeah it- i um i actually wrote about this on the night because yeah. like because we weren't expecting it were we we were like you know oh well, this is actually there are quite a few differences mm-hmm. and sort of the conclusions that i came to was that if you're wanting to go for like the more high-end versions and you're trying to decide between the two you get the pro if you want most of the pro features like durable build materials and that quad camera setup and the high quantity display but you don't want to go over a thousand pounds or a thousand dollars basically and you prefer a smaller phone size for yeah. practicality reasons but you should get the pro max if you want the bigger screen size for you know like watching videos or whatever mm-hmm. you want possibly a more durable battery life i don't we that was sort of a yeah. guess because it was like you know it's
2: That makes sense. Yeah, I mean the the 11 Pro Max was was better battery than 11 Pro, so that makes sense.
3: Exactly. Yeah, and you're prepared to pay that more premium price for that top end camera differences, which are slight. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things I guess we'll have to see when they side by. Well, this is it,
2: isn't it? I mean you got like the uh, you got like an OIS, a new OIS system on the the Pro Max, which is kind of based on like a DSLR system, so the sensor itself is moving instead of the lens which should uh should um you know further reduce the, the kind of stutter and stuff like that and especially they they know for uh, vibrations so if you're recording in a car or if you've ever recorded on a mountain in a car you'll know there's kind of slight you know just ever so slight vibrations constant from the engine of the car obviously as you're driving along and uh, Apple thinks that it will be best to kind of combat in those kind of minor but consistent uh, vibrations
1: are we going to see other manufacturers start to like use that feature in their ois systems and then we're going to get a new acronym so instead of ois it'll be <laughs> sois for sense ois or mm-hmm. lois and then we'll just have lois or sois and uh, that's just how it'll be
0: in videos lois. Just,
1: this phone has sois on or
0: lois <laughs> well we're saying obviously we earlier in the year we saw vivo playing around with the gimbal, with gimbal tech yeah. in the x50 uh the x50 pro rather um so it's it's interesting that people are beginning to think that video stabilization is maybe the space mm-hmm. um they need to define themselves in uh and of course it also kicks in for like long exposure stuff night mode yeah. and things like that yeah. um the extra stabilization helps for that as well so
2: and there's also a larger sensor on the 12 pro max so it is just generally a low light performance mm. yeah, so that's always nice.
0: it is interesting because they didn't really emphasize any of that on the night no. right they they didn't talk up the idea that the Max was going to be a better camera setup. They, the kind of obfuscated a bit between which camera they were talking about at any given oh, yeah. time. yeah, it was actually quite confusing. Yeah. <laughs> they talked about four times zoom, then talked about two and a half times zoom, and you were like, "Wait, what?" Yeah,
3: I had to watch it back so many times to be like, "Right, he's talking about the Pro. Now we're talking about the Pro Max. Then we're back,
0: and then, we flip
1: back
2: yeah. and then yeah. we're talking about both again." And it's just like, "Yeah, I
1: know, I know, the streams are for the nerds, but I feel like this, this." Uh, the differentiation between the 12s, the 12s, plural, and the Pro models this year, mm-hmm. the, the Pros felt more nerdy than usual. Oh, especially Because yeah. most, of this, except for obviously getting a telephoto lens, mm-hmm. most of the improvements were like really spec-centric improvements, you know, like yeah. the the 10-bit uh, Dolby Vision support. Mm-hmm. The average user isn't going to give two watts hits, yeah. whether it's Dolby Vision or it's just 720p. Well, like I think, not to be really. honest, though, that's probably
3: to... Had out the night a little bit because like, and we didn't need them to fin-
2: go on longer. No, well, it, wait, it, fin- it finished, and I said to Lewis, I was like, Wait, is that
3: it? Like, because I thought I was assuming that more. Movie I mean, I must it. say, I mean, I'm,
2: a, I'm appreciative yeah. of these shorter Apple events because I, I remember back when Apple events were like two oh, yeah. and a half, three hours long, and you'd be there at the end of it, like, Please, no more announcements, no one more thing, like, just stop. <laughs> Please. I mean, they
1: were I mean, milking the uh, the iPhone 12 mini with the briefcase in the briefcase in the oh, briefcase. Yes. Oh my God, Stag I, I was
3: wondering what was going to come out. of like, if Daniel Craig comes out of that page, I swear
1: to God. <laughs> holding a <laughs> phone. It's Johnny Ive, he's yeah. back.
0: <laughs> mini Johnny. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's worth saying, like, you know, we're saying it was shorter. It's still an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Yeah, you know, that's still probably the longest launch event we've had in the last six months, except maybe Apple's last launch event Mm -hmm. for the (laughs) iPad. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so they still do go on a lot longer than most other companies do. I mean,
2: in their defense, they have four iPhones to go through and the HomePod Mini, which we will come to, but we'll kind of mention briefly. But I do actually want to talk about one more thing with the iPhone 12. Uh, And that is the lack of a charger in the box and earphones. Mm. Because that's obviously new this year. That's part of Apple's environmental drive. They
1: say it is. Yeah, (laughs)
2: that's what they say it is. Um, Mm. They did this whole, you know, there was a big part in the presentation where they're talking about how many billions of charging bricks there are around the world at the moment that can all be used to charge a phone. And, you know, the idea makes sense. I, you know, I personally have probably 10 plus, you know, Apple charging bricks of various shapes and sizes through the years that I've been buying Apple products. And I don't use all of them, obviously. So, yeah, I'm like, OK, fair play. I don't mind not having a charging brick. But to then in the same breath, switch from USB-A to USB-C on the cable. Then <laughs> just takes those two billion chargers, charging bricks but that were perfectly fine and just renders them obsolete. Yep.
1: What? Absolutely. Yep. It's, now, it's useless. To buy all these USB-C to lightning cables that you don't get I just, otherwise.
2: Like they, I think they only started shipping them with the iPad Pro and the iPhone 11 Pros. So that is a very limited number of people that are going to have a USB-C charging brick.
0: And even if you look to, say, the Android side for comparison, it's still only slowly we're getting USB-C ports on the charging bricks. It's still very common to buy an Android phone that's USB-A on the charging brick. So even if you turn around and say, well, no, it's fine because, you know, my partner or my sibling or my flatmate, they have an Android phone that's USB-C charging, so I can use their charger. Well, maybe, but actually it's probably a USB-A socket on their yeah, brakes exactly. as well.
1: And that's even yeah. if it's fast charging now, because some of them still have proprietary fast charging tech, which means they can have a USB-A yep. rather than yeah. PD charging, which is c to c Oh man, it's a mess. USB-C yeah, is it's... the messiest standard.
3: <laughs> yeah, and it's going to put some other people, like because like you say, we've got, you, you know, what, some people mm-hmm. will have spare cables or whatever, but... Some people who are invested in iPhone for the first time may not. And it's just going to be like extra yeah, just cost a and extra yeah. faff. And mm. yeah, it's a pain. Yeah. And you, you're probably not going to know. Um, if you didn't watch that presentation, you're going to get it. And you're going to be like, wow, this
2: is a small box. Where's the what? brick?
3: Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. On the outside, it's, I like that the boxes are smaller, yeah, that like nice.
0: that does make sense
1: from oh, an yeah, environment. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. That's,
3: that's, that's the right way to go. It's
0: but, a good move to make. I think I would actually like to see more companies ditch oh, charges yeah. and take the cost out, and the fact that this has come with uh, some sort of, for the most part, costs have stayed, stayed relatively friendly, mm-hmm. kind of eases the pain a bit, though actually the 12 itself has gone up. Um, but mm-hmm. I would like to see more companies do this, but I think it's the point you made, Lewis. it's just it's such bad timing to do it in the same year they switched the cable. Yeah. Um, to do both at once is just kind of, it's going to create so much charging brick demand. And the funny thing is, they almost could have ditched the cable as well, because then you could have just used The Lightning USB-A cable and charging brick you have from your last iPhone. But people are going to see it and get this new cable and be like, oh, well, I've got to use this new cable type Mm. because that's the one they gave me. But that means I've got to buy a brick. And they're going to buy a charger brick they might not even need because they could have just used their old charger. I think
3: we're going to need an explainer on TA, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Just be me, like this. Why, Apple? (laughs)
0: Why? Why? (laughs) But yeah, I mean, overall, I think this is a, it's a slow iPhone year. It's inevitable. You kind of, it's always the way with these, like, phone announcements. You tend to get a big year and a quiet year. Uh, The iPhone 11 was a big step Mm -hmm. up. So I think other than the introduction of the mini, which is great, it's not really a big surprise that the 12s feel mostly like a quieter year and sort of more conservative enhancements. Obviously, 5G is a big one. New processor, but that happens every year. We didn't see the 120 hertz that a lot of people had yeah. hoped for. We didn't see them bring Touch ID back that a lot of people had hoped for. We didn't see charging speed increases that people had hoped for. So, And we didn't see a significant notch reduction either. I think maybe it's a tiny bit smaller, but not not meaningfully. Yeah, no. um, but that just means the 13 will have more going on with it. Mm. Um, I think I'm happy with it all, except the, the gripe I had on the night, which is the pricing of the 12. Because the 12 mini looks like a very solid phone at a solid Mm -hmm. price. The 12 Pro and the Pro Max have managed to stay the same price and actually drop down pricing in the UK by a little bit, uh, which is impressive considering they've upped the storage and all that. So that seems really, really good. And it puts Samsung's pricing to shame for their sort of top tier flagships. But just the standard 12 has gone up by 100 and it feels like it's only been done so that it has a price gap between it and the mini. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah
0: and Pretty that's much. a shame i think i would have liked to see the 12 stay closer to the 11 because now between the 11 and the 12 i'd always tell someone to get the 11. Mm,
1: interesting. what about between the 12 and the 12 mini
0: that's just i think got to come down to your size preference you okay. know if you if you want even though there's phone, a hundred pound difference yeah, because I think size <laughs> the size of a phone is a huge deal for how yeah. much you're gonna enjoy using it, what it's how it's gonna fit into your life. And I think yes, you can save a hundred pounds by going for the mini, but if you're gonna sit there always frustrated by this tiny screen mm-hmm. because you actually play games on your phone all the time, or you watch YouTube on your phone all the time, and that small screen's gonna bug you, then like yeah. don't. Whereas there are other people who would probably pay more for a smaller model. And the fact that they get to save a hundred is great. But they mm. could have priced those two the same. Yeah. And people still would have had a clear preference which way they were going to go. Yeah, right.
3: I think I think if it had been half, if it had been fifty, then mm. it would have been more Unlikeable.
1: justifiable. Maybe okay. I just think is... I just think hundred
3: pounds yeah. is not justifiable in any way. Or like they should have done something with the RAM or the storage or just something. Yeah. To be able to justify that height.
0: Anyway, I think that's enough iPhone for now. <laughs> Lewis did promise mention of the HomePod Mini, so we'll, we'll do it quickly before we move on to the OnePlus. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a small version of the HomePod. Um, it looks, as everyone has pointed out, I wish I'd thought of it, it looks sort of like an Apple yes. in that like mesh from from the supermarket. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's, it's $100. I, I assume the UK pricing is £100 yep, as well. Is, yeah, it's...
3: yeah we, got, we got a shock when that came up.
1: I was like, what? So no <laughs> Apple's released an apple in netting, a cheese grater, and a dustbin. <laughs> Design,
3: Design geniuses. Design. <laughs> well, this thing is what happens the when you these things.
2: Couldn't be yeah. a supermarket, could it?
0: <laughs> I think my my take on on the mini, I'm curious what you think, Lewis, but my feeling is this is one that's for the faithful. Yeah. Like if you're already entrenched in Apple, if you've either if you've got loads of Apple stuff and you've not made the leap into smart home yet, but this might tempt you to get your first smart home thing and have it be Apple. And if you've already got a home pod and you want that in more rooms, but without spending 300 quid a go, this will be very tempting. Yeah. Um. I can't see them winning anyone over from the Amazon or Google ecosystem. So.
2: And I don't think it's they're funny. trying. To... I mean, this is this is it's the thing, isn't after... it? Is because... Siri just isn't as capable as, as Alexa and Google mm. Assistant in terms of smart home control, uh, in terms of just general assistant, and, uh, general uh, virtual assistant stuff. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, and I think Apple, yeah, like you say, have now accepted that. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to compete a little bit more because you've got the kind of uh, Google and Amazon-esque features like drop-in uh, and announcement stuff mm-hmm. that they bring into the HomePods and stuff now, which is nice. And it's got the inter- extra integration with the Apple Watch and the iPhone, which is pretty cool. Like, but like you say, it's for Apple fans. It's if you don't have smart home stuff already and you kind of want to try out the HomePod system without, you know, spending 300 quid or 200. I think it's 219 pounds now on the the, the bargain. Yeah, crazy.
0: (laughs) But I mean, yeah, it is like telling in terms of that pricing that is the HomePod is twice Mm -hmm. the price of the standard Amazon and Google products. Uh, The HomePod mini is actually in the UK, 10 pounds more than equivalent than the the amazon and google main mm-hmm. things the nest audio and and the latest echo and of course it's double the price of the echo dot and the nest mini
2: it's also very small it's like yeah. three the inches.
3: Nest mini yeah
0: so i think that's the problem they're going to face is that when people see them in the store and they see the same kind of mini branding and, and dot branding and they think yeah but this one is double the price of the other ones that are about the same mm-hmm. size uh that's why i think unless you're already just so deep into the apple you know, Apple's got you hook, line, and sinker, you're just going to look at that and say, why would I spend twice as much for the Apple one? Yeah. Because these are meant yeah. to be the budget ones, right? The entry level, the approachable, friendly, affordable things.
3: Well, I just wonder if Apple is going to do like any brand deals, like you do not, know, like, with the Nest Mini, like they were like with the Spotify thing and things like that, like they were being bundled in and stuff like that, like, and that automatically made people be like, <laughs> well, I wasn't going to get one, <laughs> but now it's it.
1: I think the like, only deals when... they'll do are like one for a year of Apple Music. Yeah yeah or buy yeah. a home pod and get a home pod mini Box. for a third off. like
0: I mean as and as actually we said all the yeah. night, it was sort of funny they didn't really lean on the Apple One subscription at all. There was yeah. no talk of any we, we all expected you know three months <laughs> of that to be thrown in for free with the new iPhones or six months or something and nothing at all. they they're it's got very weird it's after having so much on those subscriptions to then just kind of leave even be. Mm. Um, anyway, that was enough Apple yes. for now because we've done almost half an hour of pure it's Apple all. chat and I it's cannot all. talk about Apple anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's turn to the OnePlus 8T. Uh, OnePlus had the audacity to launch a phone the day after Apple did Apple. the iPhones. Um, which actually isn't the worst timing they've ever had I can't remember which OnePlus it was but a couple of years ago they accidentally picked the yep. same day as Apple Yep. Um, OnePlus announced their date first then Apple said their date and there was sort of an hour or so where everyone was like, oh, <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen and then OnePlus emailed everyone in the media and said, yeah, we're changing the date <laughs> I think that was the
1: 6T just for reference there <laughs> It would have been <laughs> definitely.
3: OnePlus, too, yeah.
0: They're really not doing well. No. <laughs> uh, so it was uh, unfortunate timing. But still, um, the 8T is here. In true OnePlus fashion, we knew o- almost everything about this phone. Oh, yeah. Down to literally minute details. Before the launch event, they announced the weight and the thickness of the handset. Like, we knew how many grams it was before That's worse than the LG.
2: Event. It's
0: absolutely <laughs> insane. Uh, so uh, no one will be surprised by anything I have to say about the OnePlus 8T. Um, I have it here. You can see this is aquamarine green. It's a sort of turquoisey, bluey green in that space. They keep playing around with finishes that are kind of bluey, kind of greeny. This is very glossy. Um, the other option is lunar silver, which is matte. Uh, mm. OnePlus is big about the idea that this is fingerprint resistant. The matte version isn't, or at least it's not got the same mm. coating, but they sort of talk about on the green one. It's a very f- extra new coating they've got that's fingerprint resistant. It is pretty good. It's not fingerprint proof but it's less fingerprinty. Um, I like the look of it. Obviously, we've got the new boxy camera module in the corner looking kind of Samsung-y. Uh, the software also looks kind of Samsung-y. You feel like there's been a bit of inspiration there this year. <laughs> um, flat display on the front is kind of the big change for the, uh, the front side. And actually, you can also see right there an always-on display, which is shockingly a first for OnePlus. I can't believe we're at the really? end of 2020 mm-hmm. and they've just added always-on displays. But yeah, always-on wow. displays are finally in Oxygen OS. Uh, This is actually one of a few. This one's called Insight. And basically it's a colored line. The clock moves through it and then it fills in. It blocks out the colored bits with black whenever you have the phone on so that you see how much mm. you're using the phone and it shames you for phone use during the day. That's fun. Uh, they've got <laughs> another few, like this is kind of nice one, plus, they, they, they kind of acknowledge they're so late to always on displays that they've had fun with it. You can have a standard clock, you can have that thing. Um, they've got one that I haven't had on my review handset because the, the software's not ready yet, but sort of creates like a sketch line drawing out of uh, photos from your cool, library. Oh, that's fun. And does a little sketch version oh. of it. And then when you unlock the phone, it fills out with the real photo. Um, and then they have one that's a Snapchat partnership where you have like your Bitmoji, mm. Of yourself on the logs.
1: Finally, that's what I've been waiting oh. for. Yeah. <laughs> that's the
3: egomaniac.
1: <laughs> that's me. <laughs> um, what would you say about the? Uh, let's go with the user experience first. OxygenOS 11, because this is obviously one of the few Android 11 phones, aside mm-hmm. from the new Pixel or Pixels, I should say, that yeah is coming to the market with Android 11 already intact.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan so far. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Oxygen OS. I've always said it's, well, not always, but the last couple of years, it's been my favorite smartphone OS. Um, I actually prefer it to Google's Pixel stuff now, <laughs> though it's close. It's a close run thing. And there are little touches on the Pixel I still wish I could have with a OnePlus. Um, but broadly, what I, I like what they've done. They, it's basically a mix of stuff they've taken from Android 11 and stuff that they've used as an excuse to tweak in their own design. I think they've been smart in what they've taken from Android 11. So, um, I haven't listened to any music, so it won't show up, but you have, you can now get sort of the music player will appear in the, uh, quick, quick access tray at the top, which I like. They've got a thing where if you hold down the power button, you then get your Google pay and you get smart home controls down there. They have not incorporated the conversations and chat bubbles which I'm glad of because that's a bit of Android 11 I looked at and was like, no, get it away. I don't want it. <laughs> uh, so they've kind of picked, for me, the bits of Android 11 I like the look of and left out the bits I didn't. So I'm actually very happy right. with the way they've incorporated the Android 11 changes. As for Oxygen OS stuff, nothing too drastic. It's it's a bit of a design overhaul. The whole design language changed slightly, but unless you are really clued up on how OnePlus phones look and feel, you probably won't notice that much big thing that I like is that they're getting better about one-handed use. So the obvious thing is if you go into the settings app, this again is partly where the Samsung inspiration feels a bit obvious, but uh, that's maybe a little bit bright. You might not be able to see <laughs> the people are on YouTube. It's still, still very bright, but you can see settings is now sort of, it just has the name and then there's a lot of white mm-hmm. space and yeah. basically what they've done, this is across the settings app is across the, um, the official weather app, the clock app, the photos app, all the OnePlus design apps. All of the core content is in the bottom two thirds of the display. Mm. So that if you're just holding the phone with one hand you can reach everything you don't have to stretch to the top which is really nice it does make the phone much easier to use one-handed obviously that's a moot point as soon as you open any third-party app and <laughs> it's filling your whole display again but uh it is, it is a nice bit of design it does feel like a tacit admission that phones are too big <laughs> And then I'm just like, well, why didn't you make a (laughs) 6.1-inch display one? But they still also
1: haven't put in a one-handed mode. And I know that's not the be-all and end-all, and this is definitely a step in the right direction. But I feel like, especially for those other experiences that aren't OnePlus-optimized, like OS 11-optimized, one-handed mode is still pretty essential for most people if they're not always two-handed using their phone.
0: They have Managed to get one uh, obvious user friendly feature that has been that basically. I've had two bugbears with Oxygen OS and they fixed them both for me this oh. time, so I'm happy. One was always on display, it was just wild that it didn't happen for. The other was dark mode, and they, they've made a lot of fuss about how they've improved dark mode. And like they worked with the community and the specific member of the community they worked really closely with on how to improve it. The big change is there's now a quick control center toggle for dark mode. Yes. Game changer. Because somehow, for the last year or two, to turn dark mode on and off, you had to dive into the settings Ooh, and then go yeah. like three levels deep weird. to find the toggle. Now they've finally added it to the uh, to the no- notification center, which again, just baffling the door. What a concept! Before, but it is there now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, software-wise, I think is good. I think they've basically fixed a couple gripes I had. Always on display is nice. Uh, borrowed the good bits of Android 11, left the bad bits on the floor. Uh, I, I like what they've done. Of course, all of that will come to uh, a OnePlus 8 or 8 Pro. They've said it's coming to the 7 series and the 7T, I think, December. They just they announced yesterday or today the dates for that. So that's coming by the end of the year as well. So you don't need the 8T to get that stuff, but it's got it out of the box, which is nice.
1: Can we talk about pricing?
0: Yeah, um, it's also very good. So I was a little disappointed when I first started using the 8T um and i think i said this to toddy when i when he sort of asked how I was what well, i thought of it after a couple of days and i was a little underwhelmed because it didn't feel like a big step up from the eight um and that kind of carried until i then saw the pricing which is 50 pounds cheaper and suddenly mm. it clicked this is a fairly conservative update but it is an update it is an improvement on the eight but it's 50 pounds cheaper um so in the uk it's 549 for the eight giga model and uh 649 for the 12 gig model. If you're in the US, you only get that 12 gig model with 256 storage and it's 749. But again, that's a $50 drop from the equivalent pricing for the for the 8 series. So they've managed to shave a little bit off. I imagine the flat display was a big factor there in terms of their just cost per unit.
1: But users prefer that from everyone I've spoken to about the option. typically so that's actually the good the right choice anyway yeah
0: it's a preference thing and that's kind of the way you know when i was briefed on it um uh someone else in the briefing asked oneplus you know know, why why have you gone for the flat screen and the line was well look it's it's a preference thing it's not that flat is better it's not that flat is cheaper it's that some people like flat displays and some people like curved displays and that's part of why then there's still there's no 8t pro but there's still the 8 pro and of course, you can still find an 8. I'm not I'm not sure if OnePlus is still selling the 8 itself or not, but you can find it elsewhere. But the line is kind of, if you want a curved display, go buy an 8 series phone. If you want a flat display, buy the 8T. They're both on the market. You've got the option. You can pick which one you prefer.
1: I think curved displays generally, no one's really absolutely now the right kind of palm rejection yet, which is probably mm-hmm. why they do cause issue with certain people, certain users. So yeah, this is definitely the safer option. And I think for the time being is the better option for most people's user experience.
0: Yeah, I think it I makes would assume. Sense. Yeah. sense. Um, it helps, obviously, that display has had an upgrade. Otherwise, it's 120 hertz now, up from 90 hertz. Uh, I don't think that matters, to be blunt. I think yeah. 90 hertz matters a lot. I think the jump up to 120 hertz does not matter a lot. I don't think you should pay more money for 120 hertz over 90 hertz. For the most part, again... Gaming being the one sort of exceptional use case where it can matter uh, if you can hit frame rates that high on a phone, which you're going to struggle with anyway. So you're getting 120Hz refresh rate, uh, same processor as before, functionally the same camera. Uh, They've technically changed the wide angle lens. It's a slightly wider angle than it was before, but otherwise the specs are the same. It's the same main camera, 48 megapixel, still using the IMX586 sensor. They, they that introduced sensor. that with the OnePlus 7. So this is the fourth, <laughs> the fourth mainline phone they've done with that. That's not even counting the Pro versions or the fact that it's also the sensor that's in the Nord. So this is the same main camera that you're finding in their 400 pound phone. And this is kind of my big gripe with the 8T is that camera is fine and their software is improving still, but it is feeling long in the tooth now. And I was expecting to see the 686 sensor in here and get that that kind of quality that the Pro ones have been delivering for the last couple phones. And I'm really disappointed they didn't upgrade the camera. Um, I'm sure that means the 9 will be getting a camera mm-hmm. upgrade, but it means we're back with the 8T to those days of kind of saying the OnePlus camera is fine. It's good. It's certainly not, this is not going to be like, Giving it, causing Apple or Samsung or Google any concern that it's a better camera than they can deliver at the price. Um, but it's good. If you're not fussy on photography, this will be fine. If you are fussy on photography, this probably isn't the phone for you. Cool. Uh, and then the last big thing is charging speed I didn't cover, having <laughs> thought about charging bricks mm-hmm. with Apple. Um, it's 65-watt fast charging nice. Um, nice. with a 4,500 hour battery. Uh, and yeah it's very very fast 91% in half an hour they say about 38 minutes to get a full charge the big thing for me with this is it means you stop thinking about battery Mm. Um, the phone was lasting sort of a day and a half for me if I really tried to run it into the ground I stretched it to about 47 hours but that was a real like you know dying gasp as it it crossed the two day (laughs) line Um, but the thing is it's just as soon as it gets low you plug it in for 10 minutes and suddenly it's on 80% again You know, so Amazing. I you just don't have to do that plugging in overnight. You just kind of flip around. You think, oh, phone's getting a bit low. I'll just plug it in while I make a cup of tea, and then you unplug it again, and you've gotten half your battery back.
1: I like that your accent changes when you think about battery on your phone. Oh God, that. Also, does, does OnePlus have they given it a fun name? The tech. Uh,
0: it's just Warp Charge 65. Uh, warp Charge 65. Crazy. So. Come on, not, not that of, like, you know,
2: a song <laughs> that uses an iPhone every day. That sounds like an absolute dream because we're still yeah. over here at 18 yeah. watts and 18 <laughs> yeah. watts is considered fast for Apple.
3: <laughs> it, it, I, I just fast charged the uh, the Oppo Find X2 just before this and it nice. went from like 10% to 51% at the time we are now and it was on for about not even 10 minutes. That's also
1: 65 yeah. watt?
3: Yes, that is
1: also
0: Amazing. So yeah, this is definitely not unique to OnePlus, but um, BKK, the company that owns OPPO and OnePlus, it's kind of they're, they're uh, up at the top of the game, I think, in terms mm-hmm. of this charging tech. Um, I'd also like to commend OnePlus for finally breaking with their proprietary nonsense. Um, I wanted to use a stronger word, but I'm not allowed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the charging brick works with basically everything. Mm. And what they used to do is basically mean that if you plugged other phones into the OnePlus charging brick, it would charge very slowly and... Basically, the way they designed where all the tech was meant that it just wasn't really compatible. You would not be able to fast charge your OnePlus phone on other chargers, and vice versa, you'd get very slow speeds out of those chargers with other devices. Uh, now, if you combine this charger with the new 8T, you're getting 65 watt speeds, but you can use that charger with other tech and get 45 watts. So you can get 45 watt charging Solid. for your laptop, yeah, for your Switch, bad, yeah. so it will support all of them over USB C, PD. You can plug the 8T into other chargers and get 27 watts. So Kind of half the speed but still that is going to be a fast charge um, and it supports all of the prior oneplus standards so if you have other oneplus accessories or someone else in the house has a different oneplus model phone it will support all of those and give that those other oneplus devices the best speeds they can hit
1: this is slightly off topic but you've kind of put it in my head like you know obviously apple's made the move to ditch charges OnePlus has kind of been one of their fundamental kind of selling points has been quick charging on their phone. So I don't think they're going to be next in line, so to speak, to drop the chargers from the boxes. I could totally see Samsung doing it because obviously, yeah. like, look at the Notes this year. They they kind of rolled back the top fast charging speeds that they offered. And they were still putting a charger in a box, but you could buy the faster one. I think that was with the Note 10 series. Well,
0: that's it. They're following what Apple used to do, which is will give you a slower charger than the phone supports. It yeah. has faster charging, but you've got to go buy the accessory to get the top speed. Samsung's been doing that for a while, so I could totally see them. Yeah, they'll be the, the first one to follow Apple. In just that.
1: buy a new one anyway, yeah. If yeah. you want it, it's there. If not, you're fine with just a USB lead.
0: But every, every Android manufacturer is going to enjoy six months <laughs> to a year of making fun of Apple uh, making a big fuss about the fact that they give you a charging brick. You know, OnePlus already did it on, on their event. We've seen multiple other companies already have tweets about how they, they still give you all the accessories. They're all gonna make fun of Apple and within the next couple of years they're all gonna start ditching the charging bricks anyway. Yeah. Um this is the way the industry goes for better or worse. Mm-hmm. But I agree. Companies like uh, OnePlus who make a fuss and brand out their charging will be much slower to do that.
3: Mm. There's always um, a fad every few years though, isn't there? It always happens, like, you know, like it's like and that and we're in the fast charging
0: fad at the moment. Mm. It's it's a key point people can differentiate on. The tech's advancing very quickly, so it means every phone or two, they can have brand new revolutionary speeds that look very impressive. and So it makes sense. Um, so yeah, overall, the AT I'm a fan of. Uh, I've, there's a full review on the site. I gave it four and a half stars out of five. Gave it our sort of recommended award. But with a big caveat, which is I'd probably... If you know you want a OnePlus phone, I'd actually point you towards the Nord, Mm. which is very, very similar, but 200 pounds cheaper. You're getting a 90 hertz display rather than 120, but I don't think that matters. You're getting slower charging, which is a shame. You will get the Android 11 update. I don't think it's had it yet, but it will come to the Nord. Um, Processor? Processor. Yeah, same. uh, Slightly slower processor, but functionally very, very close. It's the 765, not the 865, still very fast. Um, Basically the same main camera similar camera setup otherwise you get better selfie cameras on the nord um not only because it has two but because its main sensor is 32 megapixel versus 16 on the on the 8t which has a very okay selfie camera but the nord is better in that space mm. That is weird. weird. Yeah. so yeah i think for a lot of people the nord will make a lot more sense because it's 200 pounds cheaper and i think really for most people's purposes, very very close in performance and design and it's also got the flat display and just yeah i if you know you want a oneplus i would really point it, it it's like they've they've hamstrung themselves by making the nord too damn good
3: <laughs> yeah do you feel like because i remember saying that oneplus like just love to release phones does it almost feel like this phone was just released because <laughs> it was on the calendar like do you know what i mean like you know it was it's like...
1: it's kind of parts bitty you know like it feels like mm. minus the charging just bits that they already had, you know, like the chips from, you know, some old eights. And, you know, the 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 camera setup is basically a mix of Nord and eights kind of blended together with a couple of cheap two meg sensors. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Five meg macro, two meg mono.
1: It's a weird, um, it's a weird blend that they've gone for for the tea. I,
0: I do wonder how long they're going to carry on with the uh, biannual release mm. schedule. Now that they've got Nord in the mix as a separate product line. It made sense. There used to be a phone a year. They then kind of moved to twice a year. They then started adding in pro models. We've now seen, obviously, they've taken the pro model out of the equation. This time, they've thrown Nord in at this other point of the year. We're expecting two more Nord phones by the end of this year, maybe. Um, I don't think they can carry on with flagships Mm -hmm. twice a year if they're going to have all the Nords going on around them. I wonder if what we'll actually see is a move towards more a sort of nine and then nine pro separately or something like that. Or maybe they just launch them sense. together, but annually, I, I don't know. But the, the, I think we're done seeing four flagships a year from OnePlus. um, we won't see nine, nine pro 90 and 90 pro next year. That's almost <laughs> a given. It's just which ones we get and when, and I think it's going to keep fewer flagships and more cheap ones, I think is what they're realizing is where the success lies. Mm. Uh, so we've, we've run on longer than I intended to, uh, already. But on that note, on pricing, I guess it's time to turn to uh, the little comparison we have in mind. So, like I said, I've been reviewing the ATE uh, all week. But you can see Lewis um, has the Galaxy S20 FE Ooh. in his hands. And Toddy has been reviewing the Google Pixel 5. And price-wise, these are all pretty close. So, you stick with UK pricing for ease. But the the OnePlus starts from 549 uh, toddy the pixel 5 is
1: 599 in the uk and yep. 699 in the
2: us
0: and lewis the galaxy s20 FE. Yeah, it's 599
2: for the 4g version 699 for the 5g version right. that's pounds yep. right
3: yeah mm.
0: so they're all in this space that kind of sits there where they're flagships but partly just because flagship flagships have gone so much more expensive being around five, 600 pounds feels like affordable flagships, budget mm-hmm. flagships, whatever you want to call them. They've all come out really close together. Um, I'm curious. I, f- I feel like maybe we've, we you've heard everything I have to say about the eight T, um, I think given that it's 50 pounds cheaper than the other two gets you the five G gets you the high refresh rate. You've got the eight, six, five processor. in there. um, I think this is the pick out of the three, but I'm curious. I know each of you also very much liked the ones you've reviewed. <laughs> I think we're all fans of the ones we've just looked at. So I'm kind of curious why, say, maybe, Cody, you go first with a Pixel. Why should someone go for a Pixel 5 over the OnePlus? I
3: was going to say, going into this, I have one that I think I know I'd go for. I want to see if my mind changes by okay. the end of the discussion.
0: Yep. So go. Am I right in
1: thinking that also we all gave them 4.5 out of 5 yeah. stars? <laughs> right. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so we really did like them. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I guess the the Pixel, the one thing that that kind of stands out against the other two um, that might seem odd is that this is the first time that a a mainline Pixel hasn't gone for a flagship chip. It's using the 765G um, that you'd find in the OnePlus Nord, for example. Um, I would say that the collective effect of all the hardware and software that Google's put into this, it doesn't matter that it is not a spec beast because the collective effect, it is still a very, very good phone. It is... I'd say worthy of the title of a flagship mm-hmm. phone. Um, mm-hmm. The specs don't make it that it is a flagship phone just by the end up the end experience. Um, the highlights, the camera is still great. It's it's kind of like uh, OnePlus has been doing by using the same sensor again and again and refining the software and the algorithms and everything behind the scenes. Google is kind of in that rut now and I'm, I'm expecting them maybe to finally change what sensor they use. This is actually the same main 12-meg camera as was used on the Pixel 3 and the Pixel 4. Um, and then it's backed up this time by a 16 megapixel ultra wide. So instead of the telephoto from the pixel four series last year, they dropped that people kind of didn't like it anyway. Cause it was only a two X zoom in my testing. It was actually a 1.9 X zoom, which is <laughs> really pointless. Um, and kind of more like the iPhone 11 and 12 with their two sensors set up, it's now an ultra wide, which I think is a lot more versatile, a lot more fun, um, From the camera department, Pixel's always been known for their cameras. Uh, The two things that they've done, which are really nice, is consistency across both sensors. So you're going to get great shots that look kind of the same whether you're switching between the two. And that is across low light and bright high contrast scenes, which is hard to do. And you see it, especially on cheaper phones with lots of cameras. Just Mm -hmm. isn't a thing. They're all out of whack. And the other thing is they've automated a lot of the camera features that they added last year. So things like Night Sight now just pop up. The viewfinder just says just tap the shutter, it'll be a night sight shot. It's quicker. Um, and that's another thing, actually, to say it. They've pulled out a lot of the dedicated hardware that they had previously. So they use a thing called like, the Pixel Visual Core, which then became the Pixel Neural Core, and that was basically an extra chip to offload some of the processing. Uh, some people have said it's slower, but I did side-by-side testing, like taking photos, quickly jumping to the gallery for portrait modes where they have to process like the bokeh and everything behind you and it was as fast as if not faster than the pixel 4 so i'm happy mm-hmm. that despite the processor downgrade if you want to call it that um actual real world user experience is still really really snappy um beyond that the screen is nice it's still 90 hertz um i think it looks great it feels good to use as you were saying Don, 90 hertz is is the 60 to 90 jump is more important than the 90 to 120. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, uh, battery life is also fixed. I will say it's not going (laughs) to blow. Um, I don't think it's going to blow either of the other two phones out of the water, but I can get a day comfortably. You don't have to stress anymore. I'm getting about five hours of screen on time, which is again, a figure that I think is a a wholly acceptable Mm -hmm. flagship Mm -hmm. score. It's not going to break any new ground, but it's totally good. Um, and yeah, beyond that, I think Android 11 has a few little tweaks and changes to the pixel experience that are really nice that you'll just notice by jumping around and using it in day-to-day use. Nothing too, again, groundbreaking. Um, I wish we had the duplex feature, which is this like smart voice service that can um, hold for me is the one it's only in the U S basically, you know, when you call a phone number and um, they put you on hold and you have to just have the loudspeaker playing with the music, it can just listen for that music. And when that music stops and someone starts talking, it then tells you, Oh, your hold music's done. You can actually take your call. That would have been awesome if that was a feature in the UK, but it's not. It's just a US feature. But despite that, yeah, I think everything that this brings to the table is pretty solid. It's got five G. It's also a really good small Android phone. There just aren't many of those. There aren't really any of those. Um, if <laughs> what you look size at how small is it, it's a six-inch display with a nineteen point five by nine aspect ratio. So it sits in between the Pixel Four A five G and the Pixel Four A. Yeah, uh, which I think is like five point eight. And six point two okay. inches. Um the OnePlus is
0: six point five five. Right. Paris, okay. So comfortably and a, and I'm larger. pretty
1: sure the FE is six point five inches. Um yeah. So it's it's one of those good small Android phones, there aren't many of those. Uh, which makes it probably a good alternative to the the mini, the iPhone 12 mini when that comes out. Um if you're looking for an Android equivalent. Um so yeah, that is I think everything I'd want to say about it. Five ninety nine is a little pricey for the spec, but Again, better than the sum of its parts. The user experience you'll get is that good that I think the price is valid. Wow. wow.
2: That was
3: good. <laughs>
2: I don't know how I'm going to compete with that. Good
3: spiel. Or you can read my
1: 3,000 word review on the site, but yeah. I think I just. You did, you did it up well. You. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thanks. So I suppose it's my go. Uh, yeah, I want to know about the S20FE. the S20FE. Just going to parade around the screen like that. Thanks, That was good. So. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so uh, obviously it is a you know it is an S twenty. It's got the same kind of design language. You can tell at a glance this is a Samsung Galaxy S twenty. It's got the same kind of rectangular bump on the back. I'm doing this in reverse, so I kind of pointed to the wrong side there, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> but I think the one big noticeable change is the fact that they've gone for the plastic, so the the plastic mm-hmm. rear this time around. So if I tap that, it's. That is very much plastic. That is not what glass is supposed to sound like. I mean, when you look at it, it does yeah. still look nice, but I think half of that is because it's got a matte finish. It just kind of, it's just kind of subtle, uh, regardless. But I think when you have it in the hand, you know that that's not glass that you're touching on the back. I mean, that there is. So we do actually
0: have, just yeah. to pick up on that, between the three here, we do have completely different finishes on each. So oh, the, yeah, the, AT at the finish? is, is Gorilla Glass, um, pretty standard. They don't say which version of Gorilla Glass Probably it is. So I'm not sure, then. but it is Gorilla Glass. <laughs> the pixel is metal. Is that right? It's
1: recycled aluminium with a bio resin top coat, so it mm. kind of feels like lightly textured plastic, but it, it's also really well so, built.
2: Yep. Yeah. And then you have
1: stick.
0: <laughs> which is plastic, <laughs> let's Samsung. Be fair here. Cheeky, but this thing. Plastic. Though I, I will say, I haven't I haven't seen the S20 FE in person, but the other Samsung phones I've seen with the stick finish. I th- I've been mostly impressed by it. I think broadly it's you can tell but it's fairly hard to tell it's not glass I think it, it's the one of the better plastics I've seen at trying yeah. to yeah. feel premium
1: how is it with yeah. fingerprints Liz? Uh, yeah no I
2: can see my fingerprints and and palm marks and everything on there's just there's there's nothing I <laughs> mean I'm probably <laughs> where people are showing up but you can see the nice refracting light finish there on that which is quite mm. nice um
0: and I like the color range of the. yeah that is another thing yeah there are
2: more colors that you can shake a stick at, essentially um i can't even think of half of them off the head so th- there's there's a red one wait there's, i've got a list i'm gonna them. i've so got the list somewhere
1: orange orange pink. white red what's the word you... that they precede uh, cloud, their colors I, think well, I know they always call it like yeah so we've oh, got, yeah, got
2: cloud lavender oh. cloud orange cloud red cloud <laughs> mint cloud white and cloud navy
3: what what's yep. cloud red <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't even know. I could Red not tell sky you
1: night. Shepherd's delight, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, yeah no. So that's kind of
2: following the uh, the iPhone twelve and kind of a lot of other flagships at the moment, where they're just a little bit more colourful, a little bit more interesting. And you know, I'm here for it. I'm all for yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Um, so uh, so let's talk about the display. So yeah, six point five inch. So it sits between the regular S twenty and the S twenty plus. Uh, so this is mm-hmm. an AMOLED display, one hundred and twenty hertz refresh rate, which is very nice. Uh, it is capped at mm-hmm. full HD plus. So not the WQHD of the original uh, S20, but considering you had to, you know, you had to make the decision with, with the main S20 as to whether you wanted the high refresh rate or the high resolution. This just takes that away from you. Yeah, you've exactly. you still got that high refresh rate, which I think is more noticeable, you know, in everyday use than a boosted resolution yep. anyway. So, I'm I'm quite happy with that trade off.
0: And again, that's pretty much the same as the AT. It's about the same size. It's AMOLED, 120Hz, FHD+. So the display wise, very yeah. similar on yeah. paper.
2: Um, so I suppose one area where they're not the same is charging uh, because mm-hmm. this does do 25 watt fast charge which is you know it's better than iPhones and stuff like that not quite as good as it's
1: better than this that is 18 bad, watts not bad, still, but it's definitely well. not
2: one plus mm-hmm. territory and the other nope. downside is that you don't get the 25 watt charger in the box it's a 15 watt so oh. yeah, so you don't get that so I in, in yeah, the test start, I think it was 37% in half an hour so nothing to write home about really but okay. you know it's all right andy
0: is is it the yes that's what i was going to come to yeah so this is so yeah, so the, so this is the uh, snapdragon yeah.
2: 865 yes. instead of the exynos 990 which yeah uh for people in the uk this is going to be great news because it is better in just about every way it, uh you know i benchmarked mm-hmm. it and i compared it to the s20 it's got better performance better battery life as well um i mean so yeah what what more do you want you got the 5g connectivity uh, i will say that if you go for the 4g version you do still get the exynos so if you want the yeah. snapdragon you've got to get 5g i would yeah. pay just for yeah, the exactly, process yeah. exactly. it's not the 5g i, I don't pay care the about extra. 5g to be honest but i want that <laughs> snapdragon over the exynos <laughs> especially for the battery life because you know yeah. a lot of people did complain about battery life with with not just the s20 but exynos chipsets in general uh at yeah the yep, note 20 yeah. was also a letdown
0: so it's, it's a very common thing for, for people who don't know that um in the, in the US, you get Snapdragon um, chips in the Samsung phones, you get Exynos in the rest of the world. You often see the American reviews saying, oh, battery life is fantastic. And then all the reviews from the rest of the world what going, battery life is awful in this phone. <laughs> because there is just the power efficiency is totally different. And Samsung still, each Exynos uh, yeah. has still not fixed I mean, it. So in, in, so, I, I, um, the Note
1: 20 Ultra was a, an hour and a half difference. Yeah. It, like, it's a nice yeah, it,
2: So I've done the benchmarks uh, for it. So I've done the Geekbench four battery test so far. I need to do the other one, but so I could just add a little look and compare the results between that and the S twenty. I think the S twenty managed around eight hours in that test, which doesn't sound too bad. But then mm-hmm. you've got this one, which does twelve hours and forty minutes. So that is wow, big, a huge, big, difference. big, big difference. And you know, yeah, and that's a exactly big screen as well. Display. Yeah.
0: Despite a bigger screen at the same refresh rate.
2: <laughs> so that is really um, nice. I really like that. Um, on the back, you've got three cameras. Uh, you've got the standard 12 megapixel ultra wide. You've got a, um, sorry, standard 12 megapixel main. And then you've got a 12 megapixel ultra wide. Yep. And then you've got a telephoto as well. Uh, that's
0: So this is the only telephoto yeah. out of three phones. And you know what?
2: It's not bad. I will say that because you know telephoto lenses like the macro lens, I think a lot of time they just get thrown in just so you can say you've got an extra sensor and it looks a little bit more impressive on on paper. Uh, so between the main and the ultra wide, there isn't a lot of difference in quality, which is really good, like you were saying, Toddy. Um, you know the, the color temperature is about the same. There's no real you know degradation of quality between the ultra wide and the wide. Can't quite say the same about the telephoto. Um, it's, you know, it's oh. still detailed. I'll give them that it is detailed, <laughs> no. but there is a difference in color temperature. It is a lot more washed out than the main two sensors. Um, and then you've also got the option to digitally zoom up to 30 times. But it's it's barely Space. worth mentioning because I, yeah, I thought, do you know what? I'll give it the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. Let's test it out because, you know, Huawei, Huawei's digital zoom is, it can be quite impressive at times depending on what you're taking pictures of. Like they've got the moon setting. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to go take a picture of the moon. Yep. There's was a nice big moon outside. Why not? So I got out my S20 FE. I put it in 30 times zoom. And it has got the little viewfinder in the top corner that lets you kind of work out where it is that you're supposed to be aiming. And I took a picture and it looks like the headlight of a car. It's just it's just black with a white <laughs> blob in the middle. There is no moon feature about it whatsoever. No. And I'm like, what? Why? Just don't bother.
0: It It's worth also quickly flagging one other weird comparison here with the regular s20 on the telephoto is that the regular s20 doesn't actually have a telephoto (laughs) it's live so the fe is in a sense an upgrade what the regular s20 and the s20 plus do is they just use a a 64 megapixel uh lens that is at 1.1 times zoom that way they can call it a telephoto and then they just digitally crop on this high megapixel image um, it works surprisingly well. The results are actually pretty decent, um, but it's not really, it's it's not optical zoom. Um, so it's interesting that you're also getting this kind of upgrade here. I, it sounds like maybe it's not uh, amazing quality. And it may be that if you compare sample shots, the S20's digital yeah. effect may be better than this. But if you are fussy about wanting, you know, real zoom, the the FE has it in a it way is that the standard S20... A little S20 bit more limited in terms
2: will. of video... <clears throat> so you can do 4, 4k up to 60 frames which is nice uh, on both the front and rear um but if you want to add video mm-hmm. effects or anything like that like the kind of live water focusing or anything like that you you drop down to 1080 or 30 there's there's no option to do anything above 1080 or 30 and it's oh. the same with other aspect ratios so you can't record in other aspect ratios if you want especially so that's good for if you want to you want to create some uh, you know a nice looking little film But again you're capped at 1080 mm-hmm. or 30
0: Alright, we what have broken the... the hour mark, so I <laughs> think it's time to wrap this up. Uh, I am I'm, I'm gonna say uh, you pretty convincing arguments from both of you, especially Toddy. you kinda almost swung me, but I think I still go with an eighty out of this set of three.
1: I mean I wanna know I wanna know Judge Hannah's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Judge yeah, Hannah's I mean, decision. My, Hannah is the
3: adjudicator my, here. My opinion going in hasn't changed toddy you just Ooh. reaffirmed what i thought um <laughs> to be uh, honest um and, and really that you made a key point for me between these three phones i guess it, it this is just come down to different opinion but it's just it's the design difference on this that like, like you said we don't get smaller android mm-hmm. phones anymore yeah. and also <gasps> when i look at it oh, <laughs> well <too> happy with <laughs> sorry when you look at so it. excited <laughs> yeah but the, the, the design is a, it reminds me, with especially with the fingerprint sensor and it, it reminds me a bit of the 3 um, mm-hmm. version. Yeah. It's a lot more clean. I like the matte finish on it. And I like having that pixel clean software and that on the layout of the camera. Like, So, I mean, I am biased because <laughs> I used to be a pixel owner myself. So I knew going into this, I would probably feel a lot comfortable. I was playing I to go. the crowd. I, I yeah, knew I was going to uh, have a hard time <laughs> winning you
0: ever.
3: But, yeah. Uh... <laughs> but, but if, yeah, if I had to rank them in order, I would probably say... Um, pixel at the top and then I think probably the the fast charging and stuff win me over for the one plus and then sorry, Lewis. but they're still all really good and I also think Louis you were good in, in being very balanced and
0: critical well, that's
1: always <laughs> nice to hear isn't it?
3: <laughs> so that was this week's episode of the debate
1: team at tech advisor
3: <laughs>
0: It is worth saying, as we wrap up, again, we gave all three of these phones yeah. four and a half stars in our reviews. We we are fans of all three. I think if you went and bought any of them, you would be very happy. It's just that weighing up of pros and cons. You know, how much you care about Android 11 out of the box, how much you care about refresh rate, how much you care about multiple camera lenses, how much you care about fast charging, whatever. But I think anyone, you know, if you give it a bit of thought, you'd be happy with any of these three. Um, also, Honorable mentions things like the, the Xiaomi Mi 10T yes. series. Um, one of our colleagues has the Mi 10T Pro at the moment, but none of us have seen it. So we didn't want to talk about that today. But there are, of course, uh, uh, those there is uh, the, the Oppo Find X2 is also kind of a similar price and still yeah. very competitive uh, from and six months ago. Neo,
1: and there's the Lite if you want to
0: fold those in there too. Exactly. <laughs> the um, yeah. So there are a lot of phones around the six, seven hundred price point. Uh, and there are a lot out there. But I think these three kind of sit at the top um, right now other than other than apple setting apple to the side because we
1: need to get those in
0: uh right (laughs) let's let's call it there uh we will of course be back next week um huawei has very considerately decided to launch the mate 40 series about three hours before next week's fast charge episode so i can say with some Mm. confidence we are going to be talking about the mate 40 phones next week um i don't know what else but, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching, and uh, yeah. see you soon. Bye. Bye.